Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This morning, if you will, we're going to return to our study of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, and we began our time last time uh, uh, looking at uh, the believer's warfare and looking at uh, the battle that ensues against uh, those who uh, call uh, Jesus Christ their Savior and Lord. And so we want to continue in our study of that. If you'll turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at uh, verses uh, starting verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10. Let's join together for prayer and ask God to bless our study of His Word. Dear gracious Lord and Father, we do thank You for Your great goodness and love and abundance of of Your grace and mercy. Lord, we come together today uh, not simply out of obligation to one another, but uh, Lord, uh, out of our respect for Your love and for the sacrifice that You gave for us and and the great... uh, mercy that's been applied to our life, Lord, that you allow us to, uh, to have the security and the knowledge and the, and the uh, ability to join into the family of God. And, and Lord, how we uh, can be uh, delivered from the pit of, of sin and, and death. And Lord, we just pray that you'll bless us as we seek to study your word, Lord, that we might uh, grow closer to you. That we might be effective in our walk and our and our uh, desire to serve you in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. Amen. This morning uh, we're continuing in our look at uh, the study of uh, the battle that we engage in, and for many people it seems as though they tend to uh, kind of brush this off or or kind of uh, ignore the fact that there's such a great. Uh, 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 challenge for those who uh, follow Jesus Christ. We we think that, uh, uh, and a lot of people think that once we give our heart and life to Jesus Christ and we follow in the footsteps of our Savior, that that life is just a bed of roses. That nothing is going to happen to us that's bad ever again. That all the things that in life uh, that uh, that we encounter are just going to be uh, sweet. Uh, 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 sweet nothings in our ear and and just a a cakewalk for us to live each and every day. But the truth of the matter is is that Jesus Christ told us that if we're a child of God, if we follow Him, we need to understand that we're going to face the same challenges that He faced in serving God. He's go, uh, that we're going to face the same types of, of uh, temptations. We're going to uh, face the same kind of warfare that, uh, that Jesus Christ faced. He said, look, if, if I, the Master, have to endure this, then you, the servant, uh, should also know that you're going to be uh, uh, having to face uh, that much more. He said uh, in, uh, to His disciples that... that uh, their life is is going to be a challenge, and each one of them would face a challenge. And I, I believe all of us, when we uh, accept Jesus Christ into our heart and life, 
we can go one of two different pathways. We can take the pathway of, of ignorance and, and the pathway of, of not caring about uh, the things that are going on around us, or we can take the pathway that Jesus Christ leads us of engaging in the things that God wants us to do, to, to be a part of the, the work and the service of, of God and to be a part of, of His work in this world. If we are the body of Christ, if we follow Jesus Christ as the head of the church, then we have to understand that we're going to be involved in the things that Christ wants us to be involved in. If we follow in obedience, if we follow in walking in the light, if we follow in His truth, then we're going to have to understand that that means that we, we're going to have to do the things that Christ would be doing if He was here physically in bodily form and going about this world trying to change the lives of people's hearts uh, of understanding God and understanding their, uh, their relationship with God. Uh, and Jesus Christ didn't simply uh, uh, get baptized and then say, okay, I'm going to sit around and wait a couple of years and then maybe I'll think about uh, uh, seeing if I can get out of that cross thing. No, he, Jesus Christ, uh, when he, uh, uh, from the moment that he began uh, his life, he, he was working towards the cross. He was working towards being prepared and ready to serve himself as an offering, as a sacrifice for our sins. And if he had work that was important to accomplish, Jesus Christ went about and shared uh, the message of God and his love throughout his ministry, however, uh, no matter how short it was. He accomplished a whole lot more than most of us do in a lifetime. Then we ought to understand and know that we have work that must be done and we have to engage in uh, the warfare and the battle. And see, there's great danger in not understanding that. Let's look again at at, uh, chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You might be saying, "Well, Pastor, that sounds awful familiar." That's the verse that we looked at, uh, verses we looked at last week. Well, you, when you go to basic training, do you go in for one day and then all of a sudden you're issued a, a rifle and say, "Okay, get in a battle"? No, well, at least I don't think so. I, I've never been there. Okay, uh, those that have been in in uh, the military understand it takes a lot of training. I imagine they don't give you a rifle until you've been trained up pretty good for a while because they don't want you being reckless with that thing that can take someone's life. And so uh, we have to understand that we have to be prepared and ready before we even put on the armor of God. We can't be issued the armor of God until we're prepared and ready. And first, that we need to understand there are great dangers being flippant about uh, being a part of the warfare in Jesus Christ. There's the danger of simply not knowing. There's a lot of Christians that just simply go through life and they say, well, okay, I'm, I'm a Christian now. I'm, I'm going to 
put my name on the Sunday school roll and every once in a while I'll come maybe on, on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Well, maybe not, not so much Father's Day. Christmas and Easter, I'll, I'll be in church and, and that's plenty of church for me. No, the danger is, is that we live in ignorance of what's going on around us. We live in ignorance of the, of, the, of the great dangers that are all around us. You know, a couple of years back, they, uh, they passed a law because they had people that were taking these cell phones and while they were driving, they were sitting there texting people and sending emails and, and they were doing all that stuff while they were driving and looking at their phone. And if you ever get behind somebody that still tries to do that, you can tell what they're doing because the car will go. <laughs> and it, it's invariably that that they're messing around with their phone or they're doing something that they ought not. I've seen, uh, listen, when I lived in Dallas-Fort Worth while I was going to seminary, I saw some of the craziest things on the highway. Now, these people were going uh, 70, 75, 80 miles an hour well over the speed limit, about that far apart from uh, from the cars in front of them. And there were people that were in the highway going fast like that, that far away from the car in front of them. And the ladies were doing this little thing, in the mirror, looking in the mirror instead of looking at the, at the road. I saw one person reading a newspaper while they were driving their car uh, in the morning going to work. I've seen people with a novel, I mean, a big old thick book that must have been a thousand pages long. They were reading the book. The weirdest thing I saw was somebody had a, a TV mounted on the dash of their car and they were watching the t uh, evening news while they were driving home. That's some dangerous stuff. It's bad enough that you're taking your life in your own hands while you're on uh, those busy interstates in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but to be distracted in that way and watching some of those things and doing those things. Of course, many of you don't understand the, the significance of the TV on the dash. That was way before they had flat screens. That was way before they had DVD players and you had uh, that you put in the cars and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this was something that somebody went to great lengths to put in their car so they could sit and watch uh, the news while they were driving home. People are distracted when they drive and they go through life. When you're distracted like that, does it matter that you're watching something else or doing something else right before you get into an accident? I mean, it matters of whether or not you get in the accident, but you can't use that as an example. Uh, like if you get in an accident and the police officer comes and taps on the window, don't you hate it how they tap on that window and to get your attention to roll down the window? You roll down, and if you roll down the window too early, they act like you're about to attack them or something. If you don't roll it down until they get there, they act like you're being disobedient and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, they tap on the window, and you roll down the window, and you and you say, and the officer says, "Why in the world did you get in an accident?" They're not going to give you a pass if you say, "Well, I was doing my makeup, and and I was driving down the road, or I was reading a book, and I was." You know, please, you have to understand, I was just just, uh, just doing that. The same is true for a Christian life. You can't go through the Christian life and, and expect to be a part of God's body of the Christ 
and use the excuse of, well, I just didn't realize there was spiritual warfare going on around me. I just didn't realize what was going on. I didn't I wasn't paying attention. I didn't I didn't know. The danger of not knowing is is not the worst there is though. There's also the danger of the fact that some people don't care that there's warfare going on. Oh, they know. They realize that there's dangers all around them and they realize that, that there is a battle going on, but they just don't care. They see people around them that are that are engaging in, in all kinds of spiritual warfare because they want to be uh, uh, relevant to people around them. They want to be a help to those who are hurting. They want to be uh, a strength to those who are weak. They want to be an encouragement to those who have been despondent in their life. And so they're struggling and they're working hard to be of use for the kingdom of God. And then there's people that just simply don't care. You ask them what's going on and they say, well, I didn't sign up for that. Oh, really? People feel like, uh, some people feel like they can, uh, they can accept Jesus into their heart and life and, and they can be a part of the family of God and they, want, and they get their ticket punched on the good old gospel ship going into heaven, but they don't have to be involved in everything else. They don't have to be involved in the spiritual work. You know what that is? Somebody that's waving the white flag of battle. They've given up. They've given in. They, they, they know they, they're not a match for Satan and his, his ability to distract and, and destroy your life. And they just wave the white flag. They don't care. They just, they just give in. They don't care about being a difference in someone's life. And then there's those who, who not only don't care, but they don't understand. They, they don't recognize the battle that's going all around them. You, you say, well, who are those people? Well, those are people that don't realize the impact that Satan can have on your life. You, you know, <coughs> when somebody comes home and, and they're just all wore out from all the things that are going on in their life and and you say you uh, you know they they had difficulty getting to work on time. They had trouble with their car. They uh, they get upset with the coworker because their coworker's in a bad mood. They uh, curse out the per, uh, their their neighbor coming home from work, and then they get at home and they sit and sit down and. You ask them, well, how did you get Dago? Well, it was fine. It was okay. Those are people that don't realize the spiritual warfare that's going on around them. All these spiritual forces that are seeking to negate your testimony. They're seeking to destroy uh, the words that you are saying. How can you have a positive influence and a witness on so to someone in their life if you're sitting there arguing and fussing it with them about politics and about things that are going on in the world and not acting like a Christian, not acting like a child of God, not demonstrating the love of Christ, not caring whether or not what you say and what you do is being destructive to them. So these are dangers of spiritual warfare 
dangers that we engage in. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, Let him that thinketh that he standeth take heed, lest he what? Lest he what? Fall. There's a lot of people that are Christians that believe that they're doing everything right. They're do- they believe that they're, uh, they're going through life just as fine as anyone else. And yet they're being tripped up and they're falling in the battle. They're not abiding in Christ as they should. They're not living as Christ would have us to live. And that's all of that is... is Detailed in the, in the first uh, five chapters of the book of Ephesians, we talked about Ephesians chapter one through three is is what is expected of a Christian and how you recognize a Christian and what it means to be a Christian. And then uh, four, five, and six. Uh, the first part of six was about how to actually do that. If you've missed all of that, you can go back and listen to our uh, sermons on all of that, and it'll take you a while to listen to it all because we go into quite detail about about all that that uh, because so often we just gloss over the scripture we just we just waltz right through and we don't understand what it means for us, and we don't grasp the significance of it and so we've taken the time to go through all of that and all of that. All those, uh, all that scripture in the first uh, majority of the, of the book of Ephesians, everything from chapter one through uh, right before we started here, is all about how we don't just traipse through life and and don't allow the significance of what God has called us to do to be uh, in our mind. And so, so if we want to win the battle. We need to follow God's design for us. He says, Finally, my brethren, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. First of all, we're encouraged to be strong. Well, that's kind of important if you're a soldier in battle. You need to have strength. You need to be strong in, in your ability to engage the enemy. Be strong. Be strong in uh, in in your actions you know it's <clears throat> you can stack up armor and let's think of it in today's terms you can you can take a uniform and lay it down on the bed you can put a flak jacket on top of that and you can put body armor uh, on top of that and you can put a helmet at the top of it does that make a soldier no you got to have somebody inside that Uniform. You gotta have somebody in, uh, wearing that that uh, flak jacket and body armor. You gotta have somebody wearing that helmet, and you gotta have somebody that'll take up the the uh, the arms, take up the weapons to engage in the battle. And that's what uh, is being encouraged to us by uh, Paul as he's writing this, and under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, be strong. He says, be strong. Not a uh, a. Uh, it's not in our power. He's saying, look, you need to understand, be strong, my brethren, in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's not the, our power is not uh, able to face up against the forces of darkness and the, and the, and the battle that we're in, engaged in. We need to be strong in His power, not ours. He says to be strong in the Lord. That means we need to be careful to understand everything that 
that He's laid out for us and we need to be aware of all the things that we uh, ought to be as a child of God and then how to apply that and how to live that and how to engage others in Christ. It's not... uh, Look, God didn't just put this passage of Scripture about the armor of God in, in there just, oh, by the way, don't remember to to put on the whole armor of God. You have to go through all the basic training of chapters 1 through uh, uh, 6. Be ready and understand and know what it means for you to build your strength, to be able to build the ability to go into battle. And then he says, you need to understand you're not going in your strength and might. You know, if a commander asks a a soldier, uh, soldier, I want you to go over there and I want you to destroy that building over there because it's being used as a command post for the enemy. And you go running out there into the field of battle in your uh, underwear and socks and just go screaming out into battle. Is that going to be effective? Well, no. You got to put on all the the equipment. You got to put on the the uniform. You got to, and, and <coughs> you don't even want to go out there running against it with a, a rifle unless you are a part of a, an attack force that's going to breach the the command post and take it out like that. But if you want it completely destroyed, best bet's probably to get in one of those big Abrams tanks and go rolling up in there and and let one loose in the middle of that building and watch it just crumble after it gets uh, you score a direct hit did you actually go up to that building and punch it into the middle no you used the armament that you were provided and in the strength and the power of that big Abrams tank you blew a giant hole in the side of the wall that caused the rest of the building to collapse. God's not calling you to go storming into battle in your own strength and might. He's calling you to go in His power, in His strength, in His might. But to go in His might means to take the call to go into battle with seriousness. To be devoted to Christ. You don't get the, the power and the might of God to go into battle just because you accepted Christ into your heart and life. It takes a commitment and a devotion to follow Christ. It takes a, a, a desire to be used of God. It takes a, a, a commitment to being able to do the work of God and God working in and through you. And that's what we're called to do, to have His power, His might, to be in the Lord. He says to put on the whole armor of God. This is a level of commitment to going into battle, to be diligent, to be available, to appropriate His might. Does it do any good to go running into battle with an empty gun? No, in fact, even if you go into battle with a gun that's loaded up with plenty of bullets or, or rockets or, or uh, 
missiles or whatever, and you use them all up before you can get back to safety of the base, there's a little problem at that point in there. You got to rethink things and find out where you can get some more armament. You can get some more uh, uh, ammo for your weapon. God's calling us to be prepared, be ready for battle, to go in with commitment to be available to, to be used in His might, to be secure in it. There's safety and security in knowing that you have the, the power and the might and the strength of God upon you to have His, uh, to have His protection upon your life. That's, that's part of the, the, uh, the armament. You know, there's a lot of soldiers that go into battle and they get this uh, 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 complex, I guess uh, you could call it, where they think, well, I've got a helmet on. That means I can't be uh, harmed. I've got my flak jacket on. That means that I can't get uh, shot. I can go running out into the middle of the battle and I can do whatever I want to. No, you got to have a little bit of smarts about you. When we go into battle, you can't just simply have the, uh, the armor of God upon you and, and uh, to think, well, I can just go out there and, and, and I can uh, face anything. You've got to have the protection and the power of God upon your life to, have, uh, to be in the midst of His will and desire. Funny thing about it is, is you know, God places His protection upon us, but if we go out and do our own little thing, it tends to uh, disrupt God's protection of our life. He tends to allow things to happen to us so that we understand that we're not doing the things that we're supposed to be doing. We're not engaged in the battle that He has for us. He calls us to be available, to be uh, not only available, but uh, to be secure in His mind by following His path and by uh, following His will. Uh, turn with me for just a moment over to Psalms chapter 91. This is a passage of Scripture that I oftentimes... Uh, share with those who are going through a difficult time and it's particularly a, a prescient uh, passage of Scripture for those going into battle and following after Christ into uh, the battle that we face as Christians. It says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the, mo- of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snail of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And just read through that, the rest of that whole uh, chapter. He, he talks about how God protects us. He shall overcome thee with His feathers and under His wings shall thy trust. His truth shall be thy shield." And buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. You feel like you're in the midst of the battle and you just need, you're getting a little shell shock, you're getting a little overcome by the things that are going on in the world. You need to understand and remember it's not in your might, not in your power, not in your strength that you're in battle. You're in the battle in His strength and His power. 
He says in Psalms 91, the safest place is being in the shadow of the Almighty. You had to be pretty close to be in somebody's shadow most of the time. He says if you're close to God, if you're in the hiding place of God and His dwelling place, then God is your shield and your buckler. He's your fortress. We can find strength in knowing that, that we have God to protect us. It's God that watches over us. It's God that, protect, uh, that keeps us from all the, the attacks by the enemy. And that's what all the armor is all about. It's being protected by God. To be able to go into the midst of the battle. To be able to engage the enemy. Psalm 34 Verse 7 tells us that the angel of the Lord encamps around those that trust in Him. We need to entrust ourselves to God. And 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that, our, uh, that the one thing that can cause us to, to fall out of His protection and to fall out of uh, the way in which we ought to walk is, to, is for our sin to allow us to be uh, distracted and allow our sin to to cause us to not be engaged in the battle. So now we come to the enemy. We need to understand that the enemy is, all, is around us. He says that we ought to be careful to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, but he's not out there on his own. He says in verse 12, "...for we wrestle not against flesh and blood." but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice that he uses the word against multiple times. About four times he uses the word against. This is an indication that it's separate enemies that we're facing. We need to understand that it's not just simply uh, uh, just evil by itself that is coming up against us. <coughs> he says we ought to be careful because of the wiles of the devil, but also that we're not fighting against uh, our normal enemies that we can see that are flesh and blood. He says that we're fighting against principalities. Well, principalities would indicate uh, those uh, uh, angels that fell and followed after Satan. Those who are uh, at the hierarchy of, of following after Satan and most likely are those that direct and, and instruct those that are underneath them. It says also against powers and against rulers of darkness. We also need to understand that those that, that succumb to the, the forces of darkness, the forces of sin and, and evil in their life, they're used of, of Satan to, to, bring, uh, to be a fowler against us. And, and he says that you need to be aware of the fact that you're also coming against the powers and, and rulers of darkness, those that have followed after Satan and those who are doing his bidding against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
He's talking about leaders that, that are following after Satan, those that, that are hungry on power and hungry on, on corruption and, and hungry on the wealth of this world that will do anything to gain, uh, to gain an advantage. They've sold themselves out to Satan and they're being used of Satan to bring uh, wreak havoc on this world and to cause us to, uh, to have difficulty as Christians. So we need to be aware of, of our enemy. There's not just a, an average enemy that, that we face, but those who are joined into, into the, uh, the powers of darkness in this world. And finally, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Now, finally, we get to the armor. Take the whole armor of God, that in the evil day, having done so, you can stand. Our greatest responsibility as a Christian is to be ready for battle, to be protected under the mighty power of God, to be instructed in how to fight against the evil in our life, to stand in the light of Christ, not allow the darkness of this world to overcome us, and to stand, to stand. The, the image of, that he's conjuring into the mind of the reader is, is that you need to be like the, the sentry at the, at, the, uh, at the gate. You need to be uh, there prepared for battle, ready for whatever may come, and standing against all enemies that might come against the work of Christ. To be uh, not just simply standing there, but to stand in defense, to stand ready to go into battle, to stand ready to engage the enemy, to be ready to go forward, to breach the darkness so that others might know Christ. And so many people in our world are so proud of themselves that this morning they got up and they went to church and they were at church because that's what was expected of them and, and people are clapping and just so happy that they actually made it to church. But what are we really doing when we come to church? We're coming out of the, war, uh, the battle. We're coming out of the, the places of, in which we're engaging evil and we're really coming here as a is a place of preparation, a place of respite, a place of, of, of gathering strength to then go out again into the, into the world, to go out into the battle that we face, to reach those who are lost, to try and reach those who are dying in sin, and to bring them back to the safety of God's house and the family of God. You see, this is just part of the battle. You can't simply go through basic training for your whole military career. You can't just keep going and just train and train and train and train and train and never actually go out into battle. That's what a lot of Christians do, though. They come into church and they train and they prepare and they uh, get ready to share their testimony, get ready to go out and face uh, the, the evil in this world so that they might be able to share the gospel message with others, to be able to stand strong and, and they just pat themselves on the back because they went to another training session. 
and never ever engage in the battle. God tells us that we have to be prepared and ready and then stand ready to engage the enemy. To stand ready and to go into warfare, into battle, serve Christ, to lead others to know Him as their Lord and Savior. Are you ready to put on the armor of God? Are you ready to engage the enemy? Are you ready to go into battle for Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Dear gracious Father, Lord, we thank You and praise You for Your great love. We praise You for the fact that You have given us all the preparation and all the ability to stand against the enemy. But not just simply to engage the enemy so that we won't be uh, destroyed, but that we might engage the enemy, that we might take the gospel into the world we might engage the enemy to rescue those who are perishing, to reach those who are dying, to engage the enemy so that we might be able to win a loss for Christ. Lord, help us to put on the whole armor of God that we might go forth and proclaim Your love to fight the enemy to rescue those who are perishing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.